Hey, what's up? This is Enero. Um, before we get into this episode, I just want to make a correction for the stuff that I said about drinking and driving. Most of you guys didn't even clue in on it, I'm sure, but it's just something that's been bothering me. So I said in the last episode that drinking and driving was ignorant. Okay, ignorance is, by definition, doing something or not being aware of something. And clearly, I know how dangerous and dumb and stupid and selfish drinking and driving is. Um, and I was in a bad place and all of that stuff, it all applies, but that does not excuse the fact that I could have killed somebody, um, killing myself, eh, whatever that's on me. But, um, so I don't want to downplay the significance of just how stupid that was. And, you know, it also ties in with this being mental health awareness month, right? You're doing shit that you don't think that you should, you know, you shouldn't be doing, but you're doing it anyway, for whatever the reason all the more reason to seek some help. So that's probably a window of opportunity where I definitely should have went a different way and didn't. Thankfully, everything turned out well, but I just wanted to get that out. It was bothering me. I even almost made a separate little two minute episode just to say that, but I thought we'll just put it in the podcast. So greetings. Hello. Welcome to Side Piece Season, episode 2.2, The Remix. I am your host, E. Nero. Um, I'll give you the standard disclaimer. I am not a counselor, psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist of any kind, man of the cloth, shaman, uh, preacher, alderman, judge, uh, anything, nothing of that stuff. I am simply uh, a man that has had some experiences. Um, I have made a lot of observations and seen things going down in other people's lives. And then I've done a lot of research. I've read a lot of books. I've listened to some podcasts. I've done a lot of things. And this is what I have come up with. So um, another clarification, uh, somebody asked me what the purpose of the podcast was. Well, I mean, I'm talking about relationships because relationships are important to me. I mean, relationships are everything in life, business relationships, personal relationships, work relationships. We are social animals. Relationships matter. So with that in mind, uh, I thought, okay, well, how do you, how do you become better in whatever the given relationship is? is because let's face it, there are relationships that are positive or you'll gain something from, but we'll have some sort of stigma and we'll have people that are opposed to it um, and all this. And this episode 2.2 is dedicated to using loneliness as a weapon. Uh, just kidding. It's just about recognizing loneliness and keying in on it and then using it to advance your side piece agenda. So um, a lot of people are not going to be in uh, support of this, but I have something interesting that I uh, found out that is, well, so I was listening to this thing and they said that the majority of affairs, it was a study about marriage and the majority of affairs occurred in good marriages, which is counterintuitive. That's a, that's a big curveball. Um, but when you think about it, if you're not, necessarily upset. Like I'll use my personal, uh, life. I was in a good marriage and I met somebody and worked with somebody that wasn't in a good marriage. And then the next thing I know things happen and we're in this emotional affair. We never had sex, but there was still lots of damage done, uh, to my marriage. So there you have it. Like I am a, a living validation of that data. Um, Anyhow, so being in a solid relationship does not 
guarantee that things won't go awry um, if the majority of affairs occur in good marriages. Uh, so let's talk about identifying when the window of opportunity is open. So if you are a woman and you're coming to work and you're complaining to everybody, but in particular guys that find you attractive or just like you, they might not necessarily, it might not be a strong sexual component, but they might like you, you're friends of theirs. That's going to trigger something, whether it be the damsel in disparate, damsel in distress vibe, or I want to help, uh, you know, whatever it is, that's going to trigger something. And then that opens the door for both of you to get on that slippery slope into either an emotional affair or actual full on physical and emotional affair. Um, so the, the first sign, um, that you're, you're potentially in there. If you're looking to hook up with somebody in one of these situations is them coming to work and complaining to you or wherever you might be, whatever the dynamic is that you see each other. Proximity is a big factor because the more that you're around somebody, generally speaking, the more they like you. Um, and the more they'll open up to you, even without you being a good conversationalist, which we're going to get into that, of course. Um, so all of these things come into play. So, the question that everybody always says uh, or has is, can men and women be friends? Say so yes. I, I, not only can they be friends, they can be great friends. Super, uh, I hate to use that, quite close. Um, but there's one big caveat to the whole thing. There has to be clearly defined boundaries. The boundaries have to be set. They have to be rock solid, clear, unambiguous, and you can't stray over the line of the boundaries. Any relationship should have boundaries, whether it's a business relationship, a work relationship, um, a casual friend, you know, people that you meet out in and about, like you shouldn't be in a restaurant having a, a, a great big personal discussion with a, your waiter. That's, every relationship has boundaries. Don't blur the boundaries and things will, will run much smoother. So here's how this particular emotional affair happened. I was happy. Everything was great. I thought in my marriage and started working with this gal and she was not happy in hers. She would come and eventually uh, over time, again, here's where the proximity comes in. Um, she started to complain, talk to me, confide in me, all that stuff. Long story short, there ended up being this big emotional affair because, I mean, I was so worried about her and I wanted to take care of her and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, my wife, of course, was not, I don't think she was necessarily certain of anything or thought anything concretely, but she was definitely like raised an eyebrow about it, right? So then that would go on to trickle on to, to other things and we would have big problems. So that was a friendship, a work relationship that the boundaries became blurred and then trouble started. Um, so that's the second time that I'd ever been involved in any kind of side piece, right? So that once it happened before I was married, 
happened at the tail end of my marriage and then it happened after my marriage. So a relationship that is cl close, probably not even closer. It's a hundred percent closer than the relationship that I had the emotional affair in. Um, but with a hundred percent rock solid boundaries. So one of my closest friends from way back in the day, we've known each other for I don't know, over 10 years for sure. Um, very close. Uh, I would consider her one of my closest friends in life. Um, but our boundaries are very much rock solid. Like there's no blurring whatsoever. She established them, full disclosure, not me, but we are friends first and only. There's never been any sexual overtones. There's never, even when we talk about sex, there's no, there's never been a sexual connotation that, Hey, what about me or anything like that? Um, but we are very close. And from the outside, uh, her ex-husband, you know, wasn't comfortable with it. Neither was my ex-wife. And I remember specifically her ex-husband uh, showed up at one of her birthday parties and uh, approached me. Uh, and this was after the divorce and said, you know, I feel good knowing that you'll take good care of her. Like, dude, we're, there's, I will take care of her as much as a friend can take care of somebody, but he didn't believe that. And then when we got divorced on the way out, my wife said, well, now you're free to be with her again. It's not that type of party, but you know, from the outside, it's hard for people to accept that. So, um, yes, men and women can be friends, even really close friends, as long as there are sufficient, clear boundaries set forth. So that's, that's the fine details, but let's talk about when there's not the clear boundaries. You, whoever you may be, if you're in um, a bad relationship, whether it's dating or marriage, and you have a lot of frustration, you don't want to punt. You want to stick it out, see if you can make it work. You want to talk to somebody that's totally natural and totally appropriate. You should definitely talk to somebody but you should not talk to somebody that would potentially find you sexually attractive or could get their emotions deepened more than they should be for you. So in the case of me, that young lady should have never been talking to me about all those problems. She should have been talking to a, one of her female friends or her mom or anybody, but not me because that just opened the door. And an open door is exactly what you want if you're looking to get into one. <laughs> so even if you're not looking, an open door, at some point you realize that the door is open and, and things will escalate. So that's my two cents on um, what it takes to be friends with someone from the opposite sex and also how the blurring of boundaries leads to more, whether it be something physical, something emotional or both. And if it's both, you're really in trouble. You're, you're up the Creek. Um, so complaining about work, complain about her man at work. Well, that's a boundary that has dropped or at the very least is blurred now and inviting you to come in with all your game. Well, let's talk about the game that you need. If you have the proximity like I did, they already have a sense of you as a person, so you don't have to prove anything, but what you need to take it to another level is going to be 
to be a great conversationalist. So great conversationalist is kind of like the opposite of what you think, because the best conversationalists do the least talking, right? The more that you have the other person talking, the better they're going to feel about the conversation. Like if you ideally could say 20% of the words in the conversation, the other person will invariably walk away feeling like, wow, that was a great conversation. That guy's really good at talking. Yeah, but I didn't say anything. Like that's the secret, right? So active listening um, is a big part of this whole thing. I'm going to pull up the definition of active listening because I want to read it verbatim so that I don't get anything wrong. Um, but a good conversationalist is great at active listening. So per the internet, active listening refers to the pattern of listening that keeps you engaged with your conversation partner in a positive way. Remember that, that's very important. Um, it is the process of listening attentively while someone else speaks, paraphrasing and reflecting back what is said and withholding judgment and advice, withholding judgment and advice. So the two biggest areas uh, for men with active listening is to withhold the judgment and advice. You like, you don't, you're not listening to fix it. You're listening to find out more information. You're listening to draw out all of, of what they are thinking and feeling. So if you can do what the tenets of active listening say that you need to do, which is also to keep it positive. That's the second part, because if somebody's bitching about their man, that's a negative state of mind. You don't want them to be in a negative state of mind when they associate or think of you. So you've got to do, you know, you've got to have a little sense of humor. You got to be able to turn things around. You got to know when to pull and how to steer a conversation away from a bad topic to something more positive and upbeat. So if you can steer the conversation without saying too much, asking questions that are not, you know, you want open-ended questions, no yes, no questions. You want to, you want them talking. You're an investigative reporter. You're trying to find out as much as you can. And it's the conversation is not about you. It's certainly not about a solution. Um, this is about creating a good feeling between her and you so that when she thinks of you, there's a little bit of a dopamine thing happening. She gets the good feeling chemicals and there's a little bit of bonding. And if you can ratchet that up with some light touch, right? Don't not getting crazy, but a touch on the hand when you say, Oh, that's awesome. I really like that. Or, you know, touch on the forearm. You're making some contact. You're not making it weird and creepy. It's not long. It's not harsh. It's just some contact so that you've broken the physical, like you're in their bubble. You want to be in their bubble. You really want to be in their bubble. So start off by just breaking that little dimension down. Um, really, this is something that you just have to practice to be able to do, right? But there is definitely you not talking too much and you directing the conversation um, so that it's not negative. Those are, those are probably the two highest value things to do when you're in these conversations. Um, and if there is some semblance of a boundary, because obviously it's already being broken by the fact that she's discussing her man with you, um, the touch kind of helps break it down a little bit more. You're opening the door 
to the relationship with like a side relationship. And no matter what, that is attractive. You're giving her attention. We all love attention. You might be giving her the only physical touch she's had in a long time, depending on how bad things are. Who's not gonna like that? You, you're, you're doing all the things that you need to set the way to get what you are looking for. Um, some other intangibles, I guess, would be um, your total presentation. How you look matters. Um, not a, not a terrible amount, like sometimes, depending on how close the friendship has been established. But you know, you want to present yourself in the best light because listening, like a conversation, is not all about what you heard, right? It's what you see too. So if you can look good, smell good. And be upbeat, be positive. Man, positivity is is major because you're trying to create a, a good vibe around your presence, your your thought, all of that stuff. So um, to that end, you want to put your best foot forward. Look as good as you can within reason. You're not going out. Women generally don't care about the physical look of a man. It's more about who you are as a person. But dress well for the occasion. I'm not saying three-piece suit every day. Just dress well for the occasion. Smell well. Smell well. <laughs> Have a nice scent to you. Get a good cologne. Um, take care of yourself. Be well-groomed is the, is the bottom. High hygiene, well-groomed, good mindset, good energy, all that stuff translates. It affects every relationship that you would have. Do you like to hang around your friend that's always bitching? Or do you like to hang around your friend that's always looking at the upbeat and positive side? I know who I want to be with. Um, so anyway, that's it. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. God bless the dead. Uh, former military guy myself. I definitely want you guys to, in between the fun and frivolity, think about it. Um, and, uh, have a great weekend. Have a great week. We'll see you next week, Friday. We'll do it all again. Closing out this, uh, remix. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Um, check me out on Instagram and on Facebook. I always post a link to the podcast on Facebook. So I'm trying to figure out a way to change this little milkshake thing that I have on my Instagram. I'll get it all squared away one of these days. Um, until then be well, have an awesome time.